0: Today on Citycast Salt Lake, the phenomenon of Utah Democrats changing their political affiliation in order to participate in Republican primaries. And I'm chatting with lawyer and activist Eli McCann about why someone might or might not like the idea. It's Wednesday, February 23rd, 2022. I'm Ali Viarta and this
1: is Citycast Salt Lake. Eli, welcome to CityCast Salt Lake. Thanks for being here. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat with you about everyone's favorite topic, which is uh, political partisanship.
2: <laughs> Yay, and local political partisanship. It's, it's an even closer dagger to the heart. Yeah. That's
1: right. It's a deeper cut. My first question for you is, what is your ideological political affiliation? And then what is your
2: political affiliation on paper? Are they different? Okay. Yes, they are different. Ideological political affiliation. I think the older I'm getting, the more left I'm moving. I was relatively conservative as a you know young twenties in my in my early twenties. I'm in my late thirties now. I've definitely moved left. 2016, that election cycle definitely kind of shoved me, Uh, at least it felt like it shoved me left. Sometimes I wonder if the world just sort of moved right and I kind of stayed where I was. And so in this day and age, I definitely align more politically with the Democratic Party. I'm, you know, more inclined to support Democratic candidates. But my political affiliation on paper is Republican.
1: And how did you get there?
2: I got there in 2020, and I, like a lot of people in Utah, looked at the political landscape. There was a gubernatorial race that was happening. There were four candidates in the Republican primary, and there were a lot of us at that time who kind of looked down the next several months and realized okay, we're in Utah, in this state right now. Whoever wins the Republican primary is going to win the general election. Yeah. Democrats don't have the numbers. We can and should support, in the end, the candidate that we think is going to be the best. Right. But the, the reality for us in 2020 in the gubernatorial race is one of these four people who is in the Republican primary is going to be our governor. Yeah. And they were not all created equally. All, <laughs> they were across the spectrum within their own party. And... For me, as somebody who is very allergic to Trumpism, mm-hmm. uh, two of those candidates were terrifying to me. And two of them were people that I did not align with very much politically, but they were people that I felt like I could have conversation with and that you know you, you could reason with. Right. And so for me, I thought, okay, well, if I want to have a say in this election and keep the worst from happening, The only realistic way I can do that right now is to register as Republican and participate in that primary.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people came to that process as well during that gubernatorial election. And to be clear, like the thing that I think a lot of Democrats were doing very specifically was registering as Republicans to vote for John Huntsman because he was believed to be the more moderate candidate. But it's not a new phenomenon necessarily in Utah. It feels a little bit new in federal politics, but locally it's something that I think a lot of people have been doing for a long time. When I first moved to Utah, I worked on a Senate campaign. And I was up in Tremonton talking to a county Democratic Party chair who told me that they were registered as a Republican. And I was like, what? You're the party chair for the uh-huh. Democratic Party. And it, they were like, especially in local politics, yeah." This is how you have a say.
2: Yeah, it doesn't make sense to refuse to participate in the conversation that has the most power in your area. And I think that's what a lot of people on on kind of a local political level and in state elections, federal elections in Utah, I think a lot of us have kind of realized that, that, well, if I if I refuse to register as Republican, that might feel good in some way because I'm taking a stand, but I'm also refusing to participate in the conversation that's ultimately going to make the decision.
1: In some ways, it's a low lift. It's a single piece of paper. It's filling out a, a form. It's getting it done. It's about it. It's as easy as registering to vote. Right. But mm-hmm. on the other side, I do think for a lot of people, it feels icky or uncomfortable or more than that just like frustrating because it's like why do I have to compromise my values in order to feel like I have a say that feels sort of terrible you've been pretty vocal about this decision to switch your party affiliation or to be you know engaging in this process this way what kind of feedback have you received
2: from your circle We're two years out from that 2020 gubernatorial election. I think people have actually warmed up to the idea a lot more in the last couple of years. It seems like in 2020, there was a lot more consternation around this idea. Ultimately, I think our participation in that election did help us avoid the worst of what could have happened. And I think people are kind of realizing that, wait a minute, we all got involved. And then the, the far right extremists didn't decide who to put on the general ballot. Yeah, I understand that there might be an impulse to feel a bit icky to register as Republican. But the problem there is that we have so often thought of our political affiliation as our identity. And in this situation, our political affiliation is not our identity. It's a strategy to make sure our voice is heard. And if you think about it from a strategic perspective instead of an identity perspective, it's so much easier to be like, okay, well... I don't really like what's happening in the Republican Party and I am going to make my voice heard. And in order to do that, I have to fill out a form and show up and vote in that election and have my voice heard. And if you think about it in those terms, it doesn't feel so icky. I've had pushback from some people um, and I've had some really, really positive, healthy conversations with people. And so it's been a matter of having that strategic conversation. This is not a tactic of being sneaky in any way, as far as I'm concerned. You know, obviously, we're, we're very open about what we're doing. We're saying there are elections happening in our state and we want to be knowledgeable voters who are participating in those elections. And we're willing to go ahead and jump through the hoops that we need to in order to vote.
1: Can I ask you? what you would like to see change in Utah Democratic politics so that you don't have to register as a Republican in order to have a voice? It's a matter of voter
2: makeup and voter education, I think. My personal belief is that Utah's are actually ideologically more aligned with most uh, Democratic policies. I agree with that. Yeah, more so than Republican. And I just think a lot of people don't realize that, you know, it can be very easy to get into a habit of just thinking of yourself as aligned with one political party and then not really critically thinking about a lot of the things that are happening within that party. And politics are really complicated and it can be really difficult to dive into every single issue and understand what they all are. I think in our state, we've sort of gotten into a habit of thinking of ourselves as a whole, as right leaning, you know, Republicans. Um, And so one thing that I think we need to continue to try to do better, Democrats in our state need to continue to try to do better is educate voters on these are what our actual policy objectives are. And this is how they align with the values of Utah. Utah is such an interesting state because (laughs) it is a red state, but we tend to pass a lot of progressive policy faster than any other red state and frankly faster than some blue states. I'm involved in LGBTQ advocacy, for example. We are surprisingly really progressive on lgbtq issues you know we're, we're the first i think the first red state to ban conversion therapy we were one of the first states and i think the first red state to pass broad sweeping uh, employment protections for LGBTQ people. That shouldn't happen in a state that is truly, you know, a far right leaning Republican state. We're progressive in the way we talk about immigration uh, is another example. We're obviously progressively minded when it comes to our thoughts on welfare in our state and how we should be treating our neighbors. And so I think Democrats really should continue to try and educate the voters on. Actually, these are the things that we agree with you on. So that that's one big thing that, that needs to happen. But right now in our state, Democrats just don't have the numbers. They, they don't have enough people who understand or who agree with that ideology. I think it's going to be a matter of time. It's my belief that over the next decade, we're going to see some some shifts in our state. And I think Utah is ultimately going to going to look more like Arizona, maybe 10 years from now, where, where we have, you know, an actual debate between these two political parties, and have more serious general elections, in which case, maybe we won't feel as compelled to register as Republicans to vote in primaries. Well, and there's
1: no moment where you feel The power of the veto proof Republican supermajority than the legislative session. Like, that's part of why it's so frustrating, is because it feels very out of control. And I think an important part of this conversation, too, is to acknowledge we're a deeply gerrymandered state. Like, these districts are hand drawn to provide Republicans specifically with an upper hand when it comes to picking their districts. And so that also feels a part of this problem. Yeah. And I think there are a lot of Utahns that feel unrepresented by either party, probably in some way, but majority, I think, that would say they feel unrepresented, feel unrepresented by the Republican Party. And so that also, I think, plays into this feeling of like, ugh. Registering as a Republican also just like acknowledges that we are this powerless. And I think for me, it feels like a bit of an act of desperation, because the thing that I think about the most is like a lot of people were hopeful that Spencer Cox would lead in a more moderate direction. But, you know, he released a water plan and it didn't mention climate change. And we're probably the most affected climate state in the West. And so all of these things compound into this feeling where to get back to it I, it feels a little bit icky and i have to wonder because it is such a simple thing to do to switch your affiliation if one of the reasons that it feels so contentious is because we are living in this moment where like everything is values driven like our values it feels like are the thing we're clinging on to because our entire democracy feels like it's at stake yeah. and so this particular moment is also just i think informing why this this conversation is so contentious
2: Yeah. And, you know, and I want to say something about that idea of it feels like an act of desperation. I I understand that impulse. Counterpoint or maybe another thought to consider if that's the way people are feeling. Far right Republicans in our state do not see what we're doing as an act of desperation. And they are terrified of it. Mm. And the the evidence of that is one, they talk about it. You know, they, they don't like that people who to vote for Democrats or registering as Republicans. That makes them mad. But two, they're trying to make it harder for us to register as Republicans. You know, they passed legislation last year to move the deadline by which you would have to register as Republican in order to participate in the Republican primary. It used to be that you could do it just a couple weeks before the primary. Now you have to do it a few months before. Why are they doing that? They're doing that because they don't want us, they don't want you to register as Republicans and participate in these elections. And what does that tell you? It tells you that they see that what we're doing is an effective strategy to make sure that extremism isn't the voice that wins in the end, and they want extremism to win in the end, I have been very pleased with the Democrats who end up on the general ballots. And so I have not felt nearly as much pressure personally to participate in that Democratic primary as I have with the Republican primary, where it is really broadly across the spectrum, you know, who you're going to end up with. Yeah. Do you think this strategy can work? I think it worked in 2020. Again, Hmm. I I would have loved to see John Huntsman win that primary. He didn't. And so absolutely, all of these races up and down the ballot are important for us to pay attention to.
0: Eli, thank you so much. Is there anything else I should ask you about this?
2: No, just please. Will you please go vote? That's all I'm asking you to do.
0: (laughs) Eli, thanks for being here.
2: Thank you. It was nice to talk with you.
0: The deadline to change your political affiliation ahead of primary elections is March 31st. If you decided to change your affiliation to participate in this process, I'd love to hear from you. I'd also love to hear from you if you decided not to. You can leave a voicemail at 801-203-0137, and we might play it on the show. A little news before we go. I wanna highlight some reporting in the Salt Lake Tribune about the number of Utahns who are food insecure, 410,000. And food insecurity just means that you're having trouble affording enough food. That's about 12% of the state. Reporter Stephanie Russell talked with folks at the Utah Food Bank who said that over the course of the pandemic, the number of families they serve has tripled. And if you could use a hand feeding yourself or your family, here's what the Utah Food Bank will ask when you arrive how many people live in your household, and how many of them are under 18. That's it. If you've got some extra time or resources, the Utah Food Bank could use a hand. They need volunteers to help with mobile food drops. They need food. At your next event, you could host a food drive or just do one with your friends and family. And they need donations. You can find info on all these means of support at utahfoodbank.org. That's our show today on CityCast Salt Lake. Shout out to another Eli in Michigan who wrote in to say he's been listening to the pod to prepare for his move to Utah. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news
1: from around the city. Bye. Can I ask you what your political affiliation is? (laughs) It's a weird first question to ask someone.